Hello and welcome to Achievement Hunting 101. I'm Fufu Cuddlypoof and this is level 222. Joining me tonight is Kushmoose. Ah! I'm ready for it. Ah. Big O. And Maychart. I think what you need to do is replace all of our hellos with like Halloween sound effects. Ella's like, a lightning crash. Mm. Boo! Koosh can be like a Wilhelm scream. You know. Ooh, thank <laughs> you. That's actually a really good idea. Wilhelm or <laughs> Wilhelm? Mm. That, is the, that is the question. Oh boy. Terrible. Will. Uh, will I think he we or won't he? Will jump right into our patron oh. question, right, Kenny? Mm. Whoa. Actually, I, actually, I Whoa. was going to say. Are you guys dressing up for Halloween? Do you have any parties and or are you going trick-or-treating? I do plan on wearing clothes. <laughs> well, that's no fun. Do are, you have a costume? Are you implying that clothes <laughs> are a costume? No. <laughs> uh, no, I will not be dressing up for Easter. Easter? <laughs> or Halloween either. <laughs> All right, so um. Nate's going as a grumpy old man. <laughs> How about one of you guys? Any of you dressing up? Um, my kids are going to be a Hershey bar and a Reese's peanut butter cup. Okay. Um, and we spent enough on those costumes that we are definitely not going to dress up ourselves. <laughs> That's for sure. So is <laughs> which one's the Hershey and which one's the Reese's peanut butter cup indicative of which one you like better? Um, I mean, they both, you know, if we wanted a real good thing, we'd dress up as Smarties. So, uh, you know, obviously. <laughs> wow, you are going to take some crap for that. I love Smarties. So I'm not going to say wanted, nothing. I just wanted someone to yell at me. <laughs> Somebody's going to yell at you. I love Smarties. Yeah. <laughs> Helen and I went I to Smarties a... I like Smarties and nerds. Yeah, we, we went to a wrestling <laughs> show this weekend, and they had like a Halloween bit and threw candy into the crowd. And it was mostly garbage like nerds and Smarties, but L was in his glory. Just... Mm. You know, mm-hmm. eating these smarties off the floor. Garbage. <laughs> How dare garbage. you call nerds garbage? No. <laughs> right? Nerds are great. <laughs> they're not really. You've oh, been conditioned delicious. to think they're great because they're the best of the bad bunch of candy. <laughs> no, You're... They're no NECA wafer. Come on now. Oh, my gosh. I can't argue with that, Michelle. And <laughs> I have no idea what you just said, Nate. NECA wafers. They're I terrible. You repeat it. Oh, I guess you did repeat it. It's like, okay, so just imagine when you were back in school. Did they have chalk when you were in school? <laughs> Are you talking I, about... Yes. <laughs> then, then, yeah. I know what you're talking uh, about. Just imagine eating chalk. Yeah. It's delicious. I mean, that's kind of like what a Smarty is. They're, they were basically... Oh, those things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not bad. They were basically like Tums, but not antacids. <laughs> <laughs> they're like Tums, but even more medicine <laughs> <laughs> They're also like the... um. Those chalk candies that you get on Valentine's Day. What oh, the, ha- the um, hearts? Hearts? The heart? The hearts? Oh, mm-hmm. no. These are disgusting. The hearts are like 10 times better than Necco wafers. That's oh. a really low bar. 10 times better reckon- than zero is still zero. Oh. <laughs> a low bar is anything with caramel in it. Those are the worst. Oh, you're so wrong. Don't even get me started on the. On the- <laughs> Don't get me started on the people that eat candy, uh, candy corn with peanuts. Candy Ooh, corn, if anything, is bad. Tell me more. <laughs> so candy I, corn I, is literal trash here. I have never seen tier. these Necco wafers in the wild. Really? Really? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, we used, we used to get them all the time. Is this from like the 1970s? Right, that's how we knew which neighbor hated us. I would say late <laughs> 80s. Late 80s, early 90s. I don't think I've ever had one, but I definitely recognize them. I don't remember having one, were, but I remember avoiding them. So I must have. They were have created one. in 1847, so that's why Nate knows them. Mm-hmm. Are you for real? <laughs> oh, yes, they were. <laughs> it's an well, that's why they're basically chalk, because none of the foods were invented yet. Didn't, they hadn't invented sugar yet. Yeah. <laughs> NECO apparently stands for New England Confectionery Company. And oh. the O is the disc shape. So <laughs> it's New England's O's. fault. That's oh. terrible. Oh, well, Damn it, Saucy. It. See what you've done to us. <laughs> it explains Almost everything. <laughs> so there was no question right, well, this week, right? We're good. That's the educational portion <laughs> of the show. Candy. Yeah, we should have just done that, huh? No. Why did we ask that? Why didn't we talk about favorite candy? Because you asked about costumes <laughs> and else children are dressing as candy. No, I meant like why didn't we ask that to the patrons instead of the question we have? We try to stay video game I mean, related. That never could have been a we try. I mean, we, we do. We try, but we also haven't had a food talk in a couple of weeks, so it's That's been true. building up, so we're talking about candy. <laughs> I know. I usually up. stomp on food talk like four sentences into it, so I'm in a good mood. So I let it go because there's candy. <laughs> Half price candy next Tuesday or whatever it is. All right. Well, in that case, I guess now we can talk on talk about some video games since we are a video game podcast. Yay. 80% and this time. week's question comes from Framehole. Ooh. And he, <laughs> I mean, he asks a very holiday <laughs> a very holiday related question. What is the scariest game you have ever played? Ah. Uh, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> so, I'm going to read out a couple of patron questions first. Uh, Chip says Phasmophobia. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I hadn't Thanks, heard of this uh, game Saucy said, until Outlast. like three days ago. Um, it's Phasmophobia. It was Apparently, it's like a big streamer game oh, yeah, th- or oh, yeah, something. Three days ago. Yeah, I had no I idea. I don't thing. know what it is. Oh, I thought it was a movie. I just ignored that. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, arachnophobia, dude. <laughs> there are other phobias. Used. Oh, John that game. Goodman. I'm looking it up now. Yeah, this is definitely a streamer bait game. I'm going to have to ask my son about this. Yeah, it looks creepy as all get out. I've seen a bunch of like TikTok videos and stuff of players uh, reacting to it and whatnot. Yeah. 10 out of 10. And then... Steam. Huh. Yeah. I've never played it. I don't know much about it, but now that I've looked Ooh, it up, it's Kenny. Like, oh, yeah. it does look scary. It's a four-player online co-op psychological horror game. Let's do it. Do you want to play it? I mean, if there's achievement. I don't think there is. I'm like 90% sure this is a Steam <laughs> game. Damn it, Steam. It and then last patron try. question comes from Fug. Their answers. He says, huh? You keep calling them questions. They're answers. Oh, did I say question? My bad. I'm an answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the last answer comes from Fog. He says, I remember amnesia being fun. Oh, I get it. 
Wait, I forget. Because you had no way of fighting back. You were always trying not to get caught <laughs> and freaking out and running like crazy to get away. Didn't that game just come to a Game Pass? Um, I don't remember. Wait, is there a collect? There's a collect. Wait, I don't. Which game? Oh, I walked into that. <laughs> no time to explain. I walked into that. <laughs> but uh, Isn't that as a for collection? me, I've. I have not played many horror games. I don't, I'm not really a horror fan whatsoever. Um, most recently, I've played Slender, and that had a couple of moments that got that, of the jump scares and whatnot that got me. That's actually up on our YouTube page, if you or channel, if you want to want to watch that. But I guess the scariest game I've ever actually played, like all the way through, I would say is Fear, the first one. Yeah. I keep meaning to play that. Which, that had a couple... You haven't played it? I actually thought Mm -mm. you have played it. No, it's bean-dived forever, talked about boosting it forever, but I've never actually sat down and really played it, so I'm curious to hear your take. So, FEAR, if you don't actually know... uh, Well, FEAR actually is an acronym. It's First Encounter Assault Recon, and it's a spooky first-person shooter, um, jump-scare game... I'm not going to go into any details, uh, you know, spoiler territory since you since you want to play it at least. Um, yeah, it's as for as far as a first person shooter goes. I think it came out in 2006, if I'm correct. And I mean, it was good for at the time. I'm sure now it feels a little dated, but it's not like you know, it's unplayable. It's still going. To, it's still a good game if. Uh, to go back to, but yeah, it there was a couple of jump scares that really got me, and well, I guess this isn't spoiler because it's literally on the front of the case, but like the uh main antagonist is like this little girl named Alma, oh, and she's creepy. Spoiler: she is completely and totally creepy. And I might have actually told you this story. This this story before but one of the things that really that was funny about the about this is i was just i was playing this game once and you know going through jump scares getting me this little girl's freaking me out and i go uh i go somewhere and i'm back in like uh these back hallways it's dark and it's dark no one's around me and I'm just kind of like replaying the game in my head because I'm really, I'm really into it at the time. I'm really liking it. Uh, thinking about all right, what's next? What, could, what, where would I be going next? Trying to get, you know, just replaying while I was just playing in my head. And one of my friends, like little sisters, who was at the time was like ten years old, about the same age as the girl in the game, comes quietly walking up up to me. And I turn around and like as soon as we lock eyes, she goes, "Hi, Kenny," and I about <laughs> jumped out of my skin because here I'm thinking about this game in my head. We're in the back of, of like this hallway where it's completely dark, and there's just this little girl, you know, dark hair. It just she had she didn't mean it. She didn't mean to scare me, but I about died. Gave me a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, that that would be my spookiest game that I've played. Both. Actually playing it and not playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
atmosphere is so important in spooky games like games that attempt to be spooky but don't yes. co- correctly create that atmosphere um they're not so th- the whole thing with spooky games if you're not into spooky games like certain moose you have to be able to immerse yourself into them and if you know you're not going to mm-hmm. be able to do that you're never really going to get the full effect that they're trying to get on you unfortunately but that's okay it's there you know there's plenty of other yeah. gaming choices but that's very specific to that genre you, you need that good headphones good tv all that other stuff oh yeah oh yeah and the few time, few games of that i do play they're spooky you know have to have headphones on you gotta play them at night turn off the lights you gotta you gotta have Hi, the Kenny. environment to play i what? scare you <laughs> i was trying to scare you he's trying to spook you like the little yeah. girl from the <laughs> I feel look just like a little girl. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I got my pigtails on. All right. Let's go to Michelle next. All righty. I will read first. I'll read Freem's response um, since he asked the question. And usually when you ask the question, it's because you know you have a built-in answer. So Freem says, I just finished The Forgotten City, and there were some unexpected scary things in there. But the most terrifying thing for me was playing Resident Evil 4 in college. It was a huge screen and I was way too close to it, got completely sucked in, and the scares hit extra hard. I don't like being scared, which is weird from a guy that does zombie games, so I stay away from those type of right. games. The other scariest one was Indivisible. I started knowing <laughs> I started it knowing there were unobtainables. Womp womp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot of good so about the So what's a huge screen when he was in college, 16 inches? Well, no... <laughs> There were still like projection screens and things like that that would be plenty large enough. Oh. That that's not uh, impossible. He wasn't in college in uh, like nineteen fifty two. You sneak into the you sneak into the A V room and you steal the projector. You play some Resident Evil Four. Maybe so. What's an A V room? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a real question? No, of course it's not a real question. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting to choose Resident Evil 4. I don't know if you had um, experience with other Resident Evil games. Because 4, I think the general... If there was a complaint about 4 at the times, that was more action-y and less sort of you know establishing like that scary environment. Like, I mean, we've told the story in the podcast before that L had me sit down and play Resident Evil 1. And I really struggled because I can't handle tank controls because, you know, I... I haven't played with tank controls in no a long time. No one likes them. <laughs> Inversion. Uh, <laughs> you leave me alone. But, um, but <laughs> <laughs> the whole point in L making me having me play the game was first to experience it, but to tell me nothing about that scene at the beginning where the dog jumps out at you. Even playing the PlayStation version with the way you know, PlayStation One graphics just haven't aged well. It's it like that's no. just visibly. But still, like where you're at and first exploring this space and that dog jumping out at me, it got me. It got me very good. So um, <laughs> Ford, I, to my recollection, didn't have a lot of that sort of thing. So I'm interested I'm interested in, interested in the fact that that was what was picked. But I don't know if Freem had played the others. Uh, let me move on to Legohead. Legohead said that he had two games that have jumped, made him jump out of his skin. Uh, one was a scream in dead space. Uh, and a person behind you in Bioshock. So you had two specific moments. But for an actual scary game, it has to be Emily Wants to Play. Fairly poor graphics, but somehow always had me on edge, even after I stopped playing. I get that. Hmm. <laughs> Did you play? I know, L. you played Emily Wants to Play. I don't know if 
uh, Kenny, if you or Koosh, if either of you have played that marvelous game. Nope. I think I dived it. Yeah, it's. No, um, I didn't dive. I was no, I was thinking layers of fear. I dived layers of fear. God, I'll talk about that more when it's my turn. About layers of fear. No. Oh, about Emily wants to play. Emily wants to play. Okay, so I, I'll I'll come back to it there then but i i can see why that's the case the the graphics aren't the whole thing it's again about atmosphere and sound design and the tension of the moment so i completely get where lego head is coming from there and then finally vulgar shares that he'll go with eternal darkness i like that it messes with the player and oh my goodness yes this this would eternal darkness is usually my pick for this question if it's something where we can go outside of xbox it was a GameCube game, um, and I played it a long time ago, so I don't remember the specifics. But the hook of the game was that there were two distinct like health meters. One was your health, and the other was your sanity. So as you went through the game, if you did things that impacted your sanity, like the walls would start bleeding, the room would start twisting, like the the physical effects in the game would change, and the way that it did it was That's so cool. it was so effective too. Like I, I th- think there was one scene like. When your sanity meter gets really high and like your character's head rolls off and starts quoting Shakespeare. And it's just, it's so like bizarre, but you're, you're in this sort of moment there because the construction of the game is really interesting. I mean, too, it's unfortunately Eternal Darkness is a game that's going to be lost forever to time, I think, because of licensing issues. I'm pretty sure it was a Silicon Knights game and Silicon Knights went under after everything that happened with, um, what was it? The Viking game. I can't remember the name of it. Um... Um. I actually liked the game too for what it was but yeah they went under after they got caught using uh, the Unreal Engine without crediting and all stuff so that license just is gone and Eternal Darkness is something that's going to be locked up on emulators at best forever which is a real shame but if you like scary games and can access that one totally do it excellent choice what was the name of that game yeah if <laughs> I'm not trying to find it uh <laughs> if i remember correctly is i've, I've never actually played this game but i've heard of it is that the game where like it would turn the, it, it looked like it was turning the, the volume up and down yeah there was all sorts of stuff like that where it would mess with you and like yeah. to a lesser extent um metal gear solid had some of that with the psycho mantis character but the whole framing of eternal darkness was just that the your character losing their sanity and the game I was thinking about was Too Human. That's the game that caused that mm. company to go down. Um, but yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but uh, so good. Yeah, Kenny, if you can find an emulator that runs it well, I totally recommend it. Well, I mean, I have my GameCube, so if I can find it, oh I well, it. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's one of those games that's crazy expensive, but I I could be wrong. I never looked at the secondary market for it. I know it is like a um I think it is. Is it classic, yeah. I guess? Yes, it's very you much can, one of those call it. I don't know if that's the right word for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know there's a lot of people that when this game co- pops up or this question pops up mentions that game and that's how I know of it. Mhm. Well, I definitely would not have played it at the time when it was released. I definitely see copies on eBay for like 25, 40 bucks. It's not one of those crazy high valuation kind of games that's you'd have to do more research obviously that's awful. obviously a quick look but it's accessible some some games of that era are definitely not 
I'm seeing like 60 to 100. So I like yeah, your same. eBay better. <laughs> right? Your $45 that you saw was a bid. <laughs> you and the yeah. Argentinian eBay. I mean, I see one that's <laughs> it's $25 plus $13 of delivery. So it comes out to 40 But anyway. Oh, it hmm. might also be Japanese. Well, then. That would do it. Oh, mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> And here I was about to buy that and try to flip it for sixty. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was ported to Japan. That was never even in my uh, my thinking. Okay, but uh, let's see. Let's go to L next. Hello, L next. Um, so circling back to Emily wants to play. I definitely told the story probably a while ago, so I'll tell it again. Um, yeah, the little pe- bits and pieces of what everyone has said. Um, so definitely. Resident Evil on the PlayStation is the one that comes to mind. But nothing really stands out as scary until you start playing with headphones on. And that's just, fair. Yeah, like you can get immersed so much uh, more. And with Emily Wants to Play, I intentionally turned off the lights, put on the headphones, and I allowed myself to get scared. It's okay to get scared. Not a big deal. So the thing with Emily wants to play, though, is everything's randomized. So you don't even know what what's going to happen and what's going to jump out at you and when. And even knowing something's going to jump out at you, it's like, oh, that was scary. <laughs> but ultimately, I got scared and then I just burst out laughing because I thought it was hilarious. Um, I just don't like that game because it's hard. I cannot get past a certain point. See, I've come to the conclusion because I tend to do that too. When I encounter scary things, I laugh. Or like if I'm on a roller coaster, I don't scream. I laugh. I I just think it's a fear response. Like my brain got it all mixed up, and instead of screaming at scary things, I chuckle. Oh no, I got scared. But I don't think first, it's funny. And then I laughed at myself. Okay, that's fair. No, I laughed at I, myself. At the, you know, Emily no, wants I, to play. I, is, I got scared. It's it's good attention, and that's what it comes down to. Now, when you're playing that last hour, it gets so frustrating at a point that you stop being scared. Because you're just like, mm-hmm. you just want to exactly. get through it and be done with it. But up to that point, and, and like you said already, L, you need to have headphones on. You need to be listening because that's also the core of the gameplay and Emily wants to play. You get audio cues for what to look out for. But when you hear the doll laugh, and that one means that you have to turn around and get get that doll on camera, like you immediately feel like your pressure go up because you're swinging the camera around to try to see her or in the first minutes or if if you find the flashlight you have a much better run than you do if you don't have the flashlight and the flashlight doesn't always spawn in the same place so there's a lot that's not great but creating the atmosphere of something that will scare you if someone doesn't get scared you're not going to get scared but like you said al if you're willing to allow yourself to do that it'll do that and it's it's good for that right sounds very much like how uh slender is it's fascinating, though, how most people who answered the question immediately went right to horror games, and I don't play horror games, but, like, you want to know what games are categorized as horror games? Left for Dead. Has anybody ever been scared playing Left for Dead besides playing with me? I don't think so. <laughs> um, There's been a few times I remember where... Maybe... Like, ten, when, you, like when, you're playing, tension, when you're playing multiplayer but... and... uh. And, like, I turn around at the exact moment when a hunter is jumping on me, and it's just like a, eh. All right, maybe. Well, it's, 
it's sort of a definition. But that's about of, it. I mean, yeah, it's not scary. Right, exactly. Horror doesn't mean that it has to be scary or doesn't mean that it has to be scary. Like I not it's not a discussion we've had, but that's typically the assumption when you ask someone if they're into horror stuff is, you know, do you like things that scare you? And maybe right. that's not all it is. Maybe just the atmosphere being a no. scary setting, even if it doesn't scare you, is enough to be horror. Like Dead Rising and Dead Island are considered horror games. Those are just games with zombies. Mm-hmm. Some people yeah, like it's a horror the gore atmosphere. But Gears of War has a lot of gore. Scary. Is that a horror game? Like it's the it's the setting that you're in. Sure. Something like Alan Wake, a little more atmospheric, stuff like that. I mean, like you said with Gears of War, Halo is the same way. Halo is by no means a horror game, but there are like horror-ish elements with like the flood, especially when they first pop up. I would never consider that a horror game, but it's definitely spooky. And Master Chief's butt. I mean, that's pretty scary. Creature spelled backwards says, I'm not really one for playing horror games, so I don't have many to choose from. Dead Space is probably the best horror game in terms of actual gameplay and story. As for which one had me more on edge, I'm going to go with Blair Witch. It wasn't the greatest game, but it certainly had me puckered for a lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. It gets the edge over Dead Space in the fear ranks because at least in Dead Space you can blast the gits that jump out on you rather than just running away. I think we'll need uh, footnotes uh, (laughs) for some of these words. Uh, Wild West 08 says, I don't play a lot of horror games. Not my genre. Okay. First time I played Bioshock. Here we go. It had its moments that were freaky. And uh, doing the no light run on Blair Witch was similar. And... GT3 option fan says, as well, I don't play a lot of scary games. But I'll say probably my answer would be something like Anna on the 360. And if you've never played that, it's essentially a puzzle game in a haunted house. Nothing really ever happens that you really need to be afraid of, but it's the anticipation of something that could happen that got me. Mm -hmm. Games like Dead Space, Resident Evil, Bioshock have their moments, but when you have Mm -hmm. weapons to fight back or get killed just to restart, that anticipatory feeling goes away. Now, that's interesting. That's a very valid uh, point there. Maybe get Just scared the thought the first that time. I could fail and have to restart or something oh. could jump out at you. It's a tension builder, and that's scary in and of itself. Oh, absolutely. That... And the best movies and games do that. They mm-hmm. It's the music. It's the atmosphere. Yeah, mm-hmm. That take reminds me very much of like my feelings about Layers of Fear. Layers of Fear is a it's a walking sim, but what it does well is all that building again, building of tension. Like there are so many parts I remember in the game. Like if you're watching a horror movie, right? It's all you hear the violins and the the pitch gets higher and higher and higher <laughs> until you get to the payoff moment. And Layers of Fear was really good about things like that where there wouldn't be a payoff. So you got <clears throat> really amped up and ready for this thing to happen, and you'd open the door and it would just be a door. And then when you were coming down from that then the thing ah, would get you i do you. remember that and it but it's the same thing too right you're you're defenseless like what's the you find a like a hairbrush in a drawer it's not really in your inventory so if something does pop out at you there's really nothing you're going to do you're just kind of exposed that that's a really really good point mm-hmm. yeah so dead space popped up a lot i think mm-hmm. 
I know, Michelle, you played that one. Yes. Yes. Was that, does that strike you as a scary game? What Dead Space did excellently was made you feel alone. And in horror, I, I think scary stuff, horror stuff works best uh, when there's that sense of isolation. And playing a game is different than watching a movie. You can be invested mm-hmm. in movies, in, in shows, but you're watching. You're always passive. In a game, your hand is on the controller and you're actually controlling the environment, what's happening. And in Dead Space, you always feel alone except for this one person who talks to you. And and just like, um, you know, some other people touch on, so I don't want to steal anyone's thunder in their answer. Dead Space did a really good job of putting you there, but also making this really incredible environment where like, you're in the middle of space. There's no one out there. There are these strange creatures attacking you. But same thing, they'll come and attack you and then you'll just have moments of quiet and calm and you'll start to explore things and then a window pops out. And it, it just, it does all of that so well, but it's also against that sense of, well, you do have weapons, you don't have any backup. No one's coming to save you. So it's excellent at that sort of thing. Dead Space is a game that it gets brought up a lot, especially now because they're having the remake. And like, I feel like I should play it, but I never did because back in the 360, I know there was a demo of it and there was some point, you know, it wasn't a demo that I played. I remember watching, well, okay, I guess this is uh, kind of timely. I remember watching G4 TV <laughs> and them doing a, um, a review on the game and they showed some point of where you had to I, I don't know exactly what it was but you had to like drill something out of your eye and like you had to physically like maneuver yeah. the drill yep. yep and for me i hate anything with eyes yep eyes to me are the absolute worst and <laughs> i wear contacts but i've been doing that for years when I first got my contacts, it took me 45 minutes to put one in because I can't touch my eye. Eyes are a big no-go for me. And like Michelle, how you were saying, you know, if you're watching a movie and I know someone's thumbs are about to go in somebody's eyes, I look away mm-hmm. because I, I cannot take that. Right. But if I have to play the game, I can't look away. I have to do it. And, wh- and when I saw that, I'm like, okay, well, that's a no-go for me. I can't play Dead Space <laughs> if I have to do that. I, a friend of mine uh, and I will will still occasionally be like, remember the eye poke machine? Uh, like it, it's one of those scenes uh. where like, yeah, it, and, and it's exactly what you just said. You have to do that. It's not a scene you watch. You have to do that. And so you, you're sitting there like, I don't I don't want to do this. This is awful. But you have to because you have to advance the story. And that's just awesome design all the way around. As terrible as it sounds, it's because it's doing its job. Which again, I, like one hundred percent. Dead Space is you know, the first game was great. The second game was great. People are pretty split down the middle about which one they like more, and it's for distinct and totally valid reasons on both. And then three happened, so I'm excited about the relaunch, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm excited about this sort of re you know bringing the first game up, and I'm so ready for it. I'm curious to see what happens next. We saw what happened with Mirror's Edge, right? And that was sort of the contemporary to Dead Space. They came out at sort of the same time and were both kind of surprise successes for EA at the time and Mirror's Edge didn't mm-hmm. go great. Uh, not that the game was poor, but it just didn't have that kind of pickup. 
So I am hopeful for Dead Space. I cannot wait to revisit it. Unfortunately, just like a lot of these games, you can only experience them new once. So it it will be sort of a shame to go in knowing kind of yeah. some of the stuff that's coming. But I I didn't replay it after that first time. So I'm excited to go back and kind of see things fresh with what I know. Because the game does also a good job of like breadcrumbs, where if you know what to look for, it's setting up stuff further on. So cannot wait for this to come back out. All right. Well, in that case, uh, let's go to Nate. I know you're a horror enthusiast. Love it. Love it. Uh, Chewy on <laughs> Ice says, I'll echo some other comments. Dead Space probably has been the best mix of tension, jumps, and body horror on Xbox for me. Great setting, atmosphere, story, and gameplay helps too. For something more recent, I played Soma this month and finally had that. Um, and that had a great creepy and overbearing sense of dread. The creatures were also pretty freaky. Give you that same helpless hide and seek vibe as amnesia, but I played it on safe mode so they weren't an actual threat. MDP73 says, uh, Rocket League, Rocket League, yep, um, whatever that game is, I can't remember right now. Um, he <laughs> says, actually, Queen's Quest, uh, simul playing Queen's Quest 5, uh, which is horrible. Uh, how dare you, sir. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hawkeye Barry says alien isolation. Funny that you mentioned isolation being a scary thing. Uh, <laughs> takes like five chapters to build up the atmosphere and suspense to get you ready for the most intense cat and mouse game of all time. Unless you have the weapon that breaks the game, you are never safe and cannot hurt the alien. You either hide or die. The alien is a boomerang that constantly comes back to you. Um, so yeah, it's no secret. Uh, I'm not a fan of horror games or horror movies. Like uh, when I was growing up, we would get together and, you know, we'd we'd rent stuff from Blockbuster and we'd watch all the horror movies, um, uh, you know, ranging from like Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween to, uh, you know, I spit on your grave and horrible things like that. Um, so, uh, you know, I watched stuff like that, but just was never something I would choose. I'd much rather go watch something, you know, like uh, The Gods Must Be Crazy or something <laughs> silly like that. that. That was that was my style. Um, so yeah, scary games, not really for me. Um, no spoilers, but I thought that, uh, at least for me, a really good scary game was, um, uh, what remains of Edith Finch. And, uh, if hmm. you've played that, um, yeah, it's, I'll just say it's mostly tension in that game. Uh, it, it's all tension. It's like, oh, I think something scary is going to happen. Uh, and then it may or may not. Um, as for the scariest game I've ever played, uh, I don't I don't tend to stick around once I find out that they're <laughs> super scary. Resident Evil, you know, classic you know that that hallway with the with the dogs, yes, yes, that thing. Very scary. Um I, I meant to say, say the um the sound goes um the music stops during that part. You're just walking. I don't even remember I passed out. Um so <laughs> Oh stop. You have a what could be more scary than having a daughter? Like, come on. I would like, say the medium. Not that scary. <laughs> I would say the medium was was probably for me that was pretty scary. I did not like the the parts with that uh, with that was it Troy Baker his his um thing that he voiced was really freaky. Did not yeah. like that. Uh, I kind of I forced myself to play it because it was leaving Game Pass. I did not enjoy that game, and I I, I hate played it uh, to get through it. Um, well, what yeah. I find funny is that uh, Dante's Inferno. Huh. Is a horror game, apparently. That's yeah. 
It's an action horror. Uh, well, I have, I have a question. At all. As you um, mentioned, no, the medium. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm with you on the medium. Like the parts where you're getting chased by sort of the demon in the shadow world area. Uh, they were freaky in and of themselves. And then the controls were kind of a little wonky. And there were sometimes camera things, which made it even more terrifying because I wasn't always sure if I could actually physically make the game do what I wanted. But if you liked the, if the atmosphere didn't bother you, I know you don't typically like scary things, but if the atmosphere itself was like, okay, this is okay. Like layers of fear is basically that, you know, Bluber team, I think developed both. And the, I, personally i think where the medium failed was at the parts where it tried to be actiony they were they're a very good team at creating environment and and just like how things can feel spooky they didn't really prove that they were a great team at creating a great game that actually acted like a game which makes me concerned about the future of silent hill but that's another oh i didn't even mention silent hill um but that's a whole other story um so i don't know if you've played layers of fear but again if if just the atmosphere was okay and the sense of tension especially in a game where you can't die really it just is you can't lose it's just meant to like you know give you a little scare every now and again maybe you could dip your toe in those waters if you're feeling up to it maybe i would say probably the thing that was you know second most scary about that creature was the fact that it was pretty easy to uh get attacked by him and then you have to redo right. the achievement you have to right. redo those runs because you lost yep. the achievement for not being caught uh that's pretty scary too that added to the tension for <laughs> sure so l you were it sounded like you had a question l you want to say something? Uh, yeah, I was going to ask if you get, um, if you're getting freaked out by uh, a game like the medium, do you turn down the sound? And if so, does that help you? Or does that uh, make well, it number worse? One, I never listen to coming. game sound. Um, Stop it! Don't don't you dare! <laughs> <laughs> I know you're doing that. Of course, I listen to game sound. Um, that's ridiculous. Uh, do no, that. I, I don't normally turn. I, I don't think of that as a coping. I just say. I would much rather be playing um, a Metroidvania or <laughs> or a platformer or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, t- I tend to not even start those games. So I, I don't have any coping mechanisms for them. Okay. <laughs> oh, Pope. Like, I don't need to play uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, no, thank you. True. <laughs> but that's just me. And, uh, Speaking of scary, we've scared Kenny away. He is gone. <laughs> so we will continue on with our game showcase. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I, I, okay. I, I had one more thing I wanted to say. Of course you do. Please go on. Because this is this is Big L. I wanted to quickly uh, second uh, Soma um, that Chewy, uh, I believe, mentioned and uh, plug our... Uh, uh, game thingy that we did on. I think it's called the game thingy. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Game thingy. We the game club. Yes. We so much yes. Club. That title. <laughs> on the game YouTube thingy. thingy. Yes. It's called the Waka's game thingy. Um, I believe Soma's coming to game pass. Yes. Yeah, play Soma and listen and uh, listen to the Soma game club. It'll tell you where to stop playing and then you could listen and uh, there was good discussions about that game. Uh, you could turn off the, uh, you could turn on safe mode so the enemies can't hurt you. But it still got very good uh, atmosphere and some puzzle solving and stuff like that. Is it not scary if you turn on safe mode? Is it like just ridiculous or? Uh, 
I kind of wish I didn't turn change on the game just play. to see. Uh-huh. You're still hiding I, I from them, and I don't know. I still acted like they were going to hurt me. <laughs> right. I think that it's it's another game that's really good at presenting environment and the um, implication that something awful might happen, whether or not you have the you know ability to be harmed, is I think sufficient to get through it and experience the game in a way that doesn't make you too twitchy about it. So I, I think it was fine to experience that way. Right. And then I was going we'll to be... uh, ask Michelle about Bioshock one last mm-hmm. time. Make me play this game, Michelle. Tell me it was it was good. It was scary. It still holds up. Here's L. I'll do it. Here is the deal with Bioshock. <laughs> oh. You can't play it piecemeal. You need if you're going to play the game the way that it is best enjoyed. You have to block out two hours a night or two hours every other night and play it consistently with the lights off and the sound up and immerse yourself into the world of Rapture. And if you're playing it a little bit here and a little bit there to achievements, the game does suck because you're missing everything that's awesome about it. The The atmosphere of Rapture is a lot of it. And you have to keep in mind, too, it plays like a game of its era. Why as a jump button doesn't make any sense. And you're going to feel every bit of that playing it today. So you have to forgive those things about the game if you're really going to give it a chance to understand why people love it. And if you don't feel like you can do that, there's no sense putting your time into it. I I cap. There you go. Speaking of captain, you cap named the ship, Danny. Captain what? Andy? Captain named the ship. (laughs) Look at me. Sure. I'm the captain now. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I was going to say, before we lose any more hosts, let's continue on <laughs> to our game showcase. And Mar- tell us why we shouldn't be scared of uh, your game, Matrix. Well, you shouldn't be scared of my game because it's um, not scary. Uh, that's not very convincing. But I, um, a few weeks ago, <laughs> Nate, you recommended a couple of games for me to pick up. And I did. I picked up Indigo 7. And I picked, I called, talked about that a couple weeks ago. And so for this week, I played Marble Duel, which was the other game that was recommended. So thank you for both of those recommendations. Um, You're welcome. Marble Duel is a Zuma-like, but just like many of these Zuma-likes, it's not a total on-the-nose copy. It does bring in some other elements. So the story of Marble Duel is you play as Evie, a 10-year-old who was orphaned in very, very tiny text that was difficult to read even on a big screen. But then when you actually get into the core of the game, the text is fine. Um, She, at some point uh, around being 10, decides she's going to walk into a cupboard and that cupboard's full of in this magical land where people use spheres to battle each other. And so you have Marble Duel. The game is framed where on the top is, is the opponent, on the bottom you're playing, and you take turns. And try to come up with better chains and whatnot. But each colored sphere has a different effect. So green spheres heal you. Red spheres do damage. Purple spheres add extra damage to your damage spheres when you hit them. Blue gives you shields. So it's kind of cool because you're playing a little strategically. The marbles don't keep moving like they would in um, in a Azuma type game. They are static. So once they are there, you're able to take your time and assess your moves. You typically only get two shots, but if you make a chain of three or more, you can get more. So it's kind of cool. It's a little bit of like a strategy Zuma. 
um each it, it's it's just a collection of levels it feels like um like a mobile game would where you play a level you get one to three stars you move to the next level but there's no time gating or anything like that it's been pretty enjoyable so far i'm based on the game stages i'm probably about i don't know maybe like 20 percent through it uh, i've got eight achievements in it none of them are were, are rare or particularly hard uh, it has a decent ta ratio but I think it's similar to Indigo in that it's just not tracked by a whole lot of people. None of the achievements are rare on Xbox. But yeah, I, I think of the two, of Indigo and Marble Duel, I actually am enjoying this one more, which wasn't my expectation when I jumped into it. So thank you for the recommendation. This one's been a good time. No problems. I have a question. I'm, I'm sure. sending you a picture right now. If you're if you're on the TA site and you're looking at the screenshots, it's the fifth screenshot. I don't think you spoke to this. Maybe I maybe I missed it. Uh, no, I didn't. Why you're flying a plane? So I okay. have not experienced Explain this us. yet. <laughs> I am not sure 100 percent where you do. So there's a series of achievements in the on the list for playing different mini games. I don't see those mini games. There is a multiplayer mode. You do have to plug in a second controller to access it, and I haven't taken the time to do that yet. So I don't know if these mini games are kind of locked up in that multiplayer mode or if these mini games uh, okay. are things you experience as you go further through the campaign. Because you remember, um, like, was it uh, Axel? No, it was like the, was it Axel and Pixel maybe? Or, or one of those where like, as you go through the game, you opened up a couple of like really terrible mini games or was it the Disney Fairyland Adventures? I, I'm not doing well with the memory today. I think it was Axel that Pixel. one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was Axel and Pixel. It, I, it may be similar to that. Like, as you go through it, you open up these different mini games. So the picture that Goosh sent me, which is, again, this, like, airplane and birds, <laughs> I have not seen this yet. I don't know exactly where it's accessed. So hopefully by the time we reconvene in a couple, well, when I join you in a couple weeks, I'll know. But I haven't seen this yet. Okay. And yeah, because no it, it looks more like a, like a shmup. Looks, it looks a lot more like a shmup than a like a Zuma or um, the other game series that I'm not recalling right now. Um, yeah. so Like Sparkle or whatever. I was very yeah. curious about this. Yeah, Sparkle yeah. is the one I was thinking. And like I uh, said, so the only thing I, c I can assume, because this doesn't even look like it's multiplayer, is that these are mini games in the vein of Axel and Pixel that don't match any of the rest of the core gameplay, but open up for whatever reason as you play. I just don't know yet. And once again, it's tracked by so few people, there are no solutions. So there's I probably could go find a guide on Steam or whatever, but I'm, I'm just going to play. Gotcha. Oh, one other thing I didn't mention. As you play through, you earn points. So you get the most points for the first star on every level, and then you get additional for second and third. And you can actually use these points to upgrade different statistics. You can give yourself more life. You can make your attack more powerful. And you can respec at any time. So if you play an early stage and you only get two stars... Earn some more points, respec up into whatever you think you need to do better there, and then just go back and redo it. Which, you know, the fact that you can respec at any point makes it so not stressful. <laughs> I hate it when you have those uh, games with different talent trees and it's like, well, you better choose wisely because you can never go back. So um, that's actually really cool. And you don't have to like undo the whole thing. You can just take one level away from something and redistribute it somewhere else. So as it combined these different elements, like it might get long in the tooth you know maybe it's got too many levels i don't know all that yet but i i'm liking what i see so far and and it's really easy to pick up and play okay 
Yeah, and looking through the achievements, I see yeah, it does mention specifically mini games. One of them is for the airplane mini game. So mm-hmm. I think I think we've solved it. We've, we've cracked yeah. that nut. So <laughs> I'm not scared. L. That's a lot of nuts. Yes. <laughs> Please tell us about your game. <laughs> but not that second one. That second one looks horrible. But please continue. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Uh, well, I've um, been doing my UHH head-to-head thing. And I got a... Um, Let's say we uh, a completion in a Puyo Puyo Champions. So uh, we'll talk about that. That's difficult. Yeah, it is difficult. Um, I did a really good job. I I got lots of skill and I was able to earn lots of achievements. And I had like a marathon session overnight. It was amazing. Michelle, would you like to chime in on El's achievement? (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) I mean, I guess the good news for me is I didn't have to be involved in it. Okay. What do you mean? Tisk, Everything tisk. fair and square by myself. Joining Tisking. the dark side. A task. Tisk tisk. I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but <laughs> I don't I I don't have a problem with you having a nephew. <laughs> but L our our uh, champion gatekeeper. Yes, I have. A, I have adopted. I've adopted a nephew. I've never told anyone not to use a nephew. As long as you well, don't you use know it for family. as long as it's just for grinding, and not for skill related things. I mean, come on. Family grew by one member. <laughs> when when El's on here next week talking about how he beat all the songs on Expert on Guitar Hero. No, I'm good with that now too. Uh. Don't worry, I'm, I will still gatekeep and tell everyone how this new <laughs> stupid airy thing putting in your keyboard is absolutely ridiculous, and and I'm sure Nate's doing that right now while we're recording. But um, <laughs> so, how is the new member of your family? Nate. Well, the new member is great, but actually, I wasn't even going to talk about that. I was going to talk about how that inspired me to play more puzzle games because I actually had fun playing uh, Puyo Puyo. There was a couple of achievements I had to do legit, and I did them. It was fun. And, uh, you know, since Michelle is number three in New York in puzzle games, I'm looking at where I am. I'm uh, number 17. I gotta, I gotta get up there. That's not good enough for me. See, like, Mike Pitch is number nine, and he's, he's not a, you know, he's no good. <laughs> uh, so, I have a couple of first impressions games. The first one is called Metropolis Lux Obscura. And this is a game came out a few years ago uh, by sometimes you and usually games from sometimes you are an you know an easy 1k something like energy cycle or like when i go the north and stuff like that now this game got oh what's the word i don't know infamous or it, it came in the news for uh having some nudity in it where if people recorded the game or captured game footage, uh, they got like maybe a temporary ban or something like that. They were getting in trouble for this. So I'm like, okay, all I knew about this game is, you know, there'd be some, some nudity in it. 
But what I didn't realize is that this game is pretty filthy. This game's full of cursing, full of CD bars and gambling and all kinds of stuff's going on. So this is pretty fun. Um, But (laughs) usually games like this are not puzzle games. Games like this are usually not, uh, what do you call them? Call it three gem color. What's the name for them? Uh, Match three. Match three. Match three games, yes. Yeah. Usually they're not those type of games. So you're like, get into a fight with someone at the bar, and then they're going to kill you, and then you get challenged to a game of match three. (laughs) So it's pretty funny in that regard. And one cool thing about the, the match three is instead of just going one tile to the left, right, up, or down, you can go across the whole row or column and move stuff around all the way. And that's pretty cool. I enjoyed that difference. Well, hold on a second. Does that mean you can move one gem by itself or you or you slide the whole row? Mm, you slide the, the gem. Mm-hmm. So just so like the, one gem like moves a, and you plop it where you want it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you remember this or not, Michelle. I, know I do. I, actually, mostly what I remember about the game because I don't recall any match threes that quite played that way. So it was kind of cool in that regard that yeah. it was a little bit something different and unique. But also, I I remember, I remember somewhat frequently early in the game, and I mean early, it's only like a three hour game, but um, not seeing that well because you're, I'm so used to playing match threes where they have to be adjacent to each other. So there would be so many times where I'm like, oh man, I missed this easy thing because I just I wasn't used to it. But uh, that's not a knock on the game; that's just getting used to how it plays a little differently. But that that yeah, I distinctly remember that because it's unique. Yeah, and there's one other part that I'm still trying to figure out. There are police badges uh, on the screen, and occasionally, you if you, I don't know, maybe if you make a match around it, you lose hit points. I'm still trying to figure out how it works, because sometimes I lose hit points, and sometimes I don't. I don't know if mm. you remember that or not, but that was the only part that confused me. Um, after, So you have hit points, so you just have to defeat your opponent before they defeat you. Depending on which enemy you're fighting, sometimes it'll say enemy will attack in two turns or three turns, so you could get a few hits in before they get to go. Uh, There are perks after you beat a match. You can choose between some perks, and uh, there is a walkthrough on TA, and the walkthrough tells you to pick the one uh, to have fewer police badges because those can hurt you. And you can choose to get health sometimes instead of attacking, but I've found that whenever I get health, I just get attacked next turn anyway, and it just was for naught. It was just to feed the purpose. So that was one I, I've started. It looks like there are multiple playthroughs where you choose different choices, and I think each playthrough is around 40 minutes, so... I'm assuming with the three to four hour estimate, you have to go through three or four times and pick different choices. Now, I remember back when this game was in the news, and it was also rumored that it might be delisted. Uh, that was the big thing. It's like, oh, there's this, you know, this uh, hullabaloo with like streaming it and there's nudity. Yeah. And it might be delisted. So if you want this game, go get it. And it's still That's on the called store. a scare tactic. Yes. <laughs> I bought it then. 
and I guess it worked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it did. Uh, a $8 game. I mean, it's fully voice acted. It's I would just don't play it with the kitties around. Because normally a game like this, you would play with the kids around. Oh, it's a match three. Tyler Walker. Yeah, I mean, this this type of like, nudity. What's this, can, dad? <laughs> this type of nudity and, and disgustingness, you know, and, and roughness really belongs on a Switch, not on the Xbox. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember when Nintendo was the wholesome one? Couldn't even have blood in Mortal Kombat. Now. Times have changed. The, the fun stuff. I mean, the gross, gross. Times they have changed. And yes, uh, I had told Nate about this other game uh, called Pirates of First Star. And I don't even remember buying this game, but apparently I did, or Michelle did, or one of us did. I'm hoping it was on sale. (laughs) And it is a similar game to Puyo Puyo. You're walking around town, so you start off in this village, and it kind of reminded me of the Final Fantasy uh, PlayStation games, where like like eight, where you could challenge people to card games, walking around. And you challenge oh. them to a game of uh, of match three, basically. Um, but in this game, it also has RPG elements, and they have they'll have different exclamation points over their head. So there'll be a green one for easy and. I guess like yellow for medium and red for hard, stuff like that. And as you defeat them, you'll get experience and money and you can buy different items and stuff like that. So there's a little more to this one. However, the match three portion of the game is horrible. Um, Michelle, I really want you to try this game. Oh, dear. <laughs> it is the only <laughs> match three game I have ever played. Oh, well, actually... That's it? Just the I'm only sorry, mastery, mastery game you've it's ever like played? Puyo Puyo. Oh. I'm sorry. I, I'm saying it wrong. It, it's like Puyo Puyo. It's like a Tetris style where the, where the pieces fall from the top. Okay. So your, co- you your nephew map. can play this is what you're saying. Um, <laughs> I don't think so, no. No. <laughs> it, it, it's the only game I've played where when you there's only one button you can use to rotate the pieces. You can't use the other button to rotate it the other way. So you can only rotate in one direction. So, right off the top, <clears throat> that's terrible. Um, Have you ever encountered a game like this, Michelle? I think you well, have. Like, imagine Tetris so, only rotate one way. So, fun fact, I very rarely really? rotate the other direction. Very rarely. I almost really? always rotate only really? one way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think it's just a product of playing younger. I don't recall that you could rotate it both ways. Like, if you're playing on, like, an Atari, for example, like, yeah. you had one button. Like, so, I, I really like mostly played it in my head just rotating one direction and i will do that sometimes now because i've played enough like that i'll do this as a strategy but tetris, i'm not particularly yeah. quick when i play tetris i i'm i'm more deliberate and that's how i'm able to do okay so i i don't know that that would bother me as much as you might think it would yeah interesting yeah for tetris i, I remember doing that as a kid also just not never rotating but when you're playing a game like this and you see what piece is coming next, you're like, okay, that just goes one the other way and you drop down. And when you're playing versus, you're in a hurry. You got to get that, that get that in there quickly. Oh, no, you just press the button three times. You're good to go. Three times. So this game is a whopping uh, 329 starters on TA. <laughs> 
it's a twenty dollar game. It should probably not be. I'm really hoping I got this on. I think I, I probably won this in a giveaway. I think. Um, the achievements are all over the place. With there's a walkthrough and like the second achievement in the walkthrough is a one point three eight ratio just for fighting this one random fight. So the ratios are all over the place. Uh, looks like our our boy Elroy has done this game, so makes me feel better. I I can do this. <laughs> but I'm trying to uh, branch out a little bit, uh, play some puzzle games. Uh, both games, uh, Pirates of First Star and uh, Metropolis uh, Lux Obscura, have walkthroughs on TA, so you can just follow along. I like when games like that have have walkthroughs. So they're not playing the game for you. You still have to win the the battles and stuff like that. They'll just kind of give you uh, advice on where to go next. So you don't miss anything. So that's always nice. Because can we just take one minute to discuss the visuals? Of oh yes, of I first star. Lo- yes, go for it. Please. <laughs> How would you describe uh, the visuals in Pirates of First Star? Um crazy <laughs> they are like paper mario paper mache esque and there's like floating eyes on all the characters and googly eyes and <laughs> i think i described it to you when we were talking about this uh, like the old thumb wars if you remember the uh, old yeah. thumb wars little <laughs> yes. shorts that they did about star wars mm-hmm. it was a thumb <laughs> and then they would yes. dress the thumb up like princess leia or yes, like luke they- <laughs> yes, you would, they would superimpose a face on the thumb. And yes. yeah, that's kind of like what they would look like. It, yes. it either looks like that or like a McDonald's chicken nugget with eyes. Um, that's what these characters look like to me. And so when you told me that you were playing a match three game with these chicken nugget thumbs, I did not believe you. And then I looked at all the screenshots and I definitely didn't believe you because none of the screenshots on TA show a match three game. They just show you walking around in in this weird world of uh anthropomorphized uh chicken nuggets it's uh <laughs> wow yeah so this to me yeah. just looked horrible it it's not great but i am looking forward to playing more and seeing what the game has to offer it's 6 to 8 hours so i'm not quite sure what to expect well, I far be it for me to compliment you or to throw you, uh, uh, you know, some sort of praise. Uh, well done on on not just playing this game and not just looking at it and saying, "Oh no, no, never," <laughs> uh, but actually trying it. <laughs> by the cover, this thing is a disaster. I mean, I'm um, not a smart man. I will play whatever. Okay. Like I, I, I don't actively dislike most games. What what bothers me is saying okay why am i playing this instead of playing you know bioshock, BioShock or whatever triple a game I've, i haven't mm-hmm. gotten to that yeah modern right. warfare three yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah that one that's a great one. <laughs> 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 oh man modern warfare three are call of duty games still a thing i'm not sure i'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not quite sure not in this showcase <laughs> no that's what all the kids play. All the kids talk about it. Uh, yeah, so that's my puzzle showcase. Showcase right. showdown. 
Well, then I shall tell you about a game that I played. Oh, um, you're glad you asked. Yes, thank you. I'm glad I <laughs> grew to me. Um, <laughs> so, Yay, delirious. We are in a, a very strange point in the month where uh, there's oh stuff leaving Game Pass mm-hmm. and there's server shutdowns going on. So I have been playing based on the schedule, based on the calendar, and not necessarily playing for things that uh, you know are good to talk about. Like, oh, should I talk about this game that's leaving Game Pass and you have no time to now play it? Um, no, I probably shouldn't do that. And should I talk about this game where the servers are shutting down on the 9th of next month? Yeah, I probably shouldn't do that either. So instead, what I decided to do was to pick up a game that I was going to talk about as a suggestion on the sales and actually play it uh, before I what? recommended the game. Wow. Yeah. Oh, weird, wow. right? Wow. So I, I went ahead and I, yeah, I spent, I invested heavily for you, dear listener, uh, in the game <laughs> Boreal Tenebri. Uh, Teneb- yeah, Tenebri. Uh, got rid of my notes. Tenebri. Yes. Boreal Tenebri. Now, that translates roughly in my uh, Googling or binging to Northern Darkness. Um, and this game, is, let me just say <laughs> that when I first looked at the <laughs> screenshots, that, this is what I do. When I see a game uh, for sale, I go ahead and I just start looking through the screenshots they have uh, on TA. And this game is weird but it's stylishly weird which is intriguing to me so i was drawn in by this this visual style and it is um i would definitely call it like a lo-fi retro style uh this is an adventure game um you (laughs) it's kind of hard to follow um and, and the reason it's hard to follow is because you don't play as one character you play as different characters each one of those different characters pretty much takes place in a different environment. So you'll start off with this one character who's looking for her sister, and her sister is missing. And you're walking around, um, and there are these weird static screens, static blips that just invade the world. And it's it's uh, the story's hard to follow. So, uh, when this happens, you basically just start looking around uh, in this one screen, and you're just trying to distract a policeman. So, at that point, I realized, oh, okay, this is kind of a point-and-click type adventure. You're going around, you're going to pick up these these various things in the environment, and you're going to start combining them in your inventory. Like, okay, I understand this. This is like your your typical kind of LucasArts thing with this weird, stylish, uh, you know, veneer over top of it. And that's basically what the game is. You'll be moving around from location to location uh, as you unlock clues or as you unlock the next bit of, okay, I applied you know this item to that, that spot, that thing. Okay, I'm rewarded with a disc or a tape. And sometimes it takes me to a new location. Sometimes I have to go uh, back home. And at home... You have a a TV uh, slash DVD player that you can put those video discs into. And when you do that, you basically get teleported to a new location where you play as a different character sometimes, most times. 
uh, and you can then progress the story. Now, your inventory is shared between all of these people. So if you find um, an item in the very first area, that item is available to the other person at the other location. So you'll be bouncing around from place to place saying, oh, I can't do this because I don't have a flashlight or a source of light. And so a couple screens later, you, you find a flashlight. And, okay, now I can go back to that area and I can do this. Uh, and that's kind of how this, this game works. Um, there are collectibles in the forms of the discs that we just talked about and also those tapes that we talked about. Um, and their achievements uh, tied specifically to getting those. Uh, I really like and dislike the art style all at the same time. It's as if they spent all this time on these cool little models, uh, you know, and 3D models, and they animated them really well. And then they just kind of like applied a filter over top of that, made it kind of look more janky than it actually was. But um, just just the animations they have in the faces is certainly in a couple of these these cutscenes. I was really kind of blown away with. I was like, this, you know, this is better than the quality that they're presenting. Uh, and I'm not really quite sure why they're doing that. Um, but I'm kind of having a good time with it. Um, TA says it's about two to three hours. Uh, there is no walkthrough on TA, but there are solution videos. There are walkthrough videos in the solutions. And if you prefer a text walkthrough, you can go out to Steam. Steam has a pretty good um, uh, walkthrough that just has you go from place to place and tells you where all the collectibles are and when achievements should pop and things like that. Um, I've put about two hours into it myself. Uh, and only just looked at the uh, the walkthrough, just kind of check it out and, you know, see if I had missed anything at this point. Um, and yeah, it is it is an interesting adventure game. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and transition straight into sales because I am recommending this. If any of that sounds interesting to you at all, uh, this game is three dollars and 14 cents down from seven. Uh, like I said, it's an adventure game and achievements. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think it's bad for that price. <clears throat> um, if it was $7, I might feel a little bit different, but at uh three fourteen, uh, this game does not feel too bad. Um, since we're talking sales, I'm going to move on to my next recommendation and that's res please. Um, there's just $3 down from 15. This is a platformer, uh, with 107 starts and zero completions. Uh, there are no unobtainables reported yet. Uh, you play as a pair of wizards uh, who navigate through uh, dungeons uh, with the ability to resurrect each other uh, using Lazarus stones. Every time you resurrect your partner, you then use up a stone, and there are more of them found in the dungeon, so you can kind of keep finding them and then keep moving along and along. And it reminds me a bit of Chariot in that way, in that you're, you're playing both people and you're kind of using them to solve, uh, you know, how do you move this chariot from here to here? In this case, it's how do I move uh, myself and my partner through this dungeon? Um, and it looks kind of interesting. Um, like, for instance, you have to cross the spike pit. So there's nothing around that you can use to, you know, get across that spike pit. So you take your buddy and you throw him into the spikes and then he dies. Uh, and then his corpse is impaled on the spikes. And you can jump on top of that as a platform and then move over to the next side. And then you can resurrect your buddy and he uh, resurrects right next to you. So, you know, he 
exits the spikes, pops up next to you. You pick up a Lazarus stone and you continue on. And that is Res, please. Um, it looks interesting. If you like platformers uh, and you like first completions, this one seems to be available. And like I said, no one said that there are unobtainables. So, Matriarch, do you have any sales to recommend? I, I do have one, but I wanted to just take one step back real quick. Um, with Res, please, I almost put that on my list because I got okay, all excited that it, it was a, a Res. And then I realized it's not that Res. And that Res, please, was sort of like... Oh. One of those like um like um Fortnite style like phrases that like the kids would use, like resurrect me, please. Like not Fortnite, that's not the right one. And and it dawned on me, I'm like, I did not think into the it's an MMO. MMO. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, but yeah, so again, I looked at it, I clicked on the tile and I was like, Oh, this definitely isn't that. And then I read it again, I'm like, Oh, I can distinctly remember hearing kids in the library like saying rest please, rest please like so okay, I get it. So I hadn't even heard the description, but then when you described how it is, that's clever because that's the whole point, right? You're you're using your your buddy, and you know the fact that he can be res to to get through puzzles. So that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird mechanic. Yeah. Um. So I'm just gonna recommend Demon's Tier Plus, which I talked about last week because it's um, I guess buddy games xenon valkyrie plus and riddled corpses ex were both on sale last week um i was so excited about demon steer plus being on sale i didn't actually write the sales price down but i believe it's 2.99 uh down from 9.99 uh it is yep but it's i went through all this last week so if you're interested in those thoughts definitely you know you can check that out but it's enjoyable roguelite i still haven't finished it because just i can get through the last dungeon on the tier three difficulty but that last boss keeps getting me and mostly because I get very twitchy. I will do that eventually though. Um, but if you bought the other two games last week and then you get this one, it's way cheaper than the three pack they're in. Um, well worth $3. L what about you? Do you have any sales? Uh, well, before I tell you my game, uh, the Ghost of Kenny recommends Cannon Brawl. But, you know, we smart people don't like uh, strategy in real-time games. So we, <laughs> That's uh, 349 down from $10. That seems definitely like a Kenny game. Yeah, it's it's basically a, a, a Worms, right? Oh, yes, definitely. I totally looked into it, and it's definitely like Worms. <laughs> Did you happen to look at the prices to find out that it is uh three forty nine down from ten? I think I said that. Oh, okay. Said. Um, I'm watching a video. Nope, not not at all. Like worms. Nope. This is bonkers. Bonkers, I tell you. Cannon brawl. I mean, if you're into the genre, it looks interesting. No, it's not like worms. You're like shooting things. Games like this scare me. More than scary games. Uh, my game is the world famous Siggy Siggy, a fart. Ah, from I always want to say Mussolini, definitely not uh, Melusina. <laughs> uh, that is two dollars. Two dollars. If you didn't play this game for five dollars, it's definitely worth it for two dollars. I mean, the game is no more than half an hour to an hour, but 
if you don't nail it on the first try, then you get another playthrough at it. Uh, that's just a fun platformer. It's got uh, nods to Mario. It's got nods to uh, Ghosts and Goblins. It's a platformer. You're just running around getting coins and doing fun stuff. Uh, yeah, it looked like pretty light this week. I think that usually means some other crazy sales on the horizon. So it wasn't much this week. Yeah, and hopefully we'll hear more about that, or we'll get some Game Pass news, I'm hoping for, because the news that we do have uh, looks a little spaced out, um, looks a little barren, so I'm, I'm hoping that they're planning some surprises for us. Uh, out now, because of time travel, we have Frog Detective, <laughs> the entire mystery on PC. We have Gunfire Reborn uh, on cloud console and PC. We have Signalis. Signalis? Nalis? Nalis? Cloud console NPC. And on November 1st, we're getting The Legend of Tian Jing. I probably murdered that. I apologize. <laughs> on console NPC. On November 3rd, we have Ghost Song, which looks like a Vayner. And that's Cloud Console <laughs> NPC. On November 8th, we have Football Manager 2023. Now, I have no idea which football it is, and I'm going to assume it won't matter because I won't play it anyway. On November 15th, we have Pentiment, uh, which is, I know a lot of people are looking forward to this. Um, it looks interesting. It kind of reminds me uh, of the game you really like, L, um, which recently left. Uh -oh. uh, it's Cloud Console and PC. What's what's the game I'm thinking? The one, the Monty Python esque. The uh, procession. Yeah, procession. Yeah, procession of Calvary. <clears throat> yeah, it, it reminds me of that a little bit. Uh, not exactly the same. I remember but, um, seeing that in the, one of those video things you made us watch. Yeah, one of the sizzles. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that, sh that should be out on November 15th. I remember. Next up, we have November 22nd, Gungrave Gore. Uh, and it is definitely gory. This is based off of a comic book, I believe. Um, and it <laughs> looks very stylish. I, I think there was an older... I think Someone in the Discord mentioned that this was um, on, a, on an older system, and they liked it there. Uh, this looks new and crazy, uh, so I'm I'm definitely gonna be checking it out. Cloud console and PC. It is a shooter, in case you're wondering. November thirtieth, we have Warhammer Forty Thousand Dark Tide on the PC. Uh, I know some people like that. Uh, we know everything that's leaving this month, uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll hear more. But some other things have been added in the near future to be leaving. And those are on November 8th, we are losing Football Manager 2022 Xbox Edition and the PC version. And once again, I don't know if that's football or soccer, because uh, it would require research. And uh, they're always soccer. They are, if you have a question, ask Hatton. I'm sure he knows. And so now, with that out of the way, uh, it is time to move on to Hash Brags, also known as Brag Camp. Matrock, would you like to take it away? I would. I want to talk about completions. Luke, 17,000, has hit 150 completed games. L never hit 200 completed games, which is a funny sentence if you don't have the context of it being a Brad Camp read. Ben L72 has 450 completed games. Septic Earl is 450 completed games. Legohead 1977 hit 850 completed. Chewy on Ice has 950 complete games and thrash forever says oh your milestones are all so cute as he hits 2050 completed games good job everyone in streaks desert fox 
420 uh, with 50 day achievement win streak, as do as does because there's only one. I haven't looked too far ahead. EOJ with the 50, Luke 17,000 K. Um, it's a 300 day achievement win streak. Uh, Evans Fergie with a 350 day achievement win streak. Wild West 08 with 450 days. Sincere Seeker 6 with 950. Elroy OMJ with 1,900. And celebrating a nine year achievement win streak is sniped by a Gur one. <laughs> Not too predictable. I'm sorry. Sniped by a girl. In gamer score, we girl have Magical Mars with 150,000. We have Expovos. It's about time with 550,000. You're going to say that. We have NBA. No, you didn't. We have NBA Kirkland with 850,000. We have Z Drunken Monkeys with 1,100,000. And Lord of Dookie 69 with 1,300,000. Yeah, getting back to that Desert Fox uh, 0420, it's amazing how many people I see on Xbox who have uh, April 20th birthdays. It's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's I knew you were going to say that. I must. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. What have we started? <laughs> in leaderboards, <laughs> Chewy on Ice is now in the top 50 of the England Completed Games leaderboard for Adventures by a Wookiee. Domain <laughs> is in the top 500 of the Gamer Score leaderboard for Fightings. Ruterek is in the top 50 of the TA leaderboard for Turn Based. Icy Thrasher, who we friended today, is in the top 10 of the TA leaderboard for Turn Based. Kitty Skies, top 20,000 of the TA leaderboard for shooters. Lucas1987, top 100 of the GamerScore leaderboard for RPGs. Luke17,000 in the top 500 of the TA difference leaderboard for Hack and Slash. Retro Chief, big, big one here. Number one for the USA TA difference leaderboard for point and click. And Nicely top five done. overall. So hopefully he'll, I don't know how far he is from number one overall. Hopefully he'll get there. Uh, Sabin awesome. Rothschild, Sabin Rothschild, yes, in the is in the top one thousand of the T difference leaderboard for RPGs, and Thrash Forever is now second in the Europe Completed Games leaderboard for Beat 'em Ups. Uh, we had a couple little brags. We have Big Timer two zero four seven was the first person on TA to complete the new Tales from the Borderlands game, <clears throat> so that's pretty cool. Uh, we talked about it briefly uh, in the Brightcap channel, and I didn't realize that it was not quite the same as the original Tense of the Borderlands. It's, uh, there's multiple endings, and it is point-and-clicky, but not telltale. So I did not know that, but congrats on being the first one to finish that. And then there was the name that I was scared to say. It's like Pishibalau. Um, completed Mirror's Edge. And went back and deleted the uh, deleted. Went back and purchased the DLC for it. <laughs> and uh, I don't remember if we talked about that. There's uh, some EA server shutdowns happening. But oh yeah, the ninth, right? November ninth. No, I'm pretty sure this there's is a different the batch for January. Okay. With NBA Jam, and I think that's the only one with multiplayer. There was uh, Shank 2, Mirror's Edge, 
and one more. Yeah, something else we <clears throat> I think we talked about that last week. Yeah. Yeah. So he picked, but I like, you know, you've convinced him to go pick it up and get it done. And it is done. Nice. Speaking Good of being job, done. People. Oh boy. <laughs> and also, you know, we lost one party member, but uh, I'm not scared. Uh, <laughs> was a, that was a show. If you'd like to follow us in other places, we're also known as Age uh, 101 on Twitch. You're known as Achievements 101 on Twitter, on Discord, where a lot of stuff happens, and you're really missing out if you haven't checked. We are Age 101 on Discord.io. Uh, on Patreon, we are Achievement Hunting 101, and thanks to our patrons, as always, they are the reason that this show is continuing. It's their fault. You can blame <laughs> them for providing us with uh, monetary support so we Thank can put on all these contests, friend. so we can continue uh, buying L new mics um, <laughs> and things like that. On YouTube, on YouTube, we are Achievement Hunting 101. And we would, once again, like to thank you all for listening and tuning in, hopefully next week. Class dismissed. So long. Thanks, guys. Yes, they're the bye-byes. Res, please. <laughs>